Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. But the fact that Tom Hanks is probably paying child support on a black grandchild just makes me sleep better at night. Oh, you like that. You're like, good. Tom Hanks should pay for that black baby. Yes, you better get that leave-in conditioner. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means, but I love it. I fucking love it. Good. There it is. We're starting. That's it, baby. Yeah. Welcome to another spectacular episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that Muddy Waters got the name Muddy Waters because his mother had no idea she was pregnant and instead thought she had nine months of diarrhea. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. She thought Muddy Waters was coming out her back, not her front. And that is why she named the child Muddy Waters. She was consistent. That is the story I'm telling. That's right. I'm your host, Langston Kerman. As always, I'm coming for dead people. I don't know why. I don't. This man was a, a blues legend. And here I come fucking with him and his mother for some reason. I'm not right. I don't have a good spirit. Nothing in me is working the way it's supposed to. But you know who is working correctly. You know who is doing it all right. So, my mm. guest today. Mm. She's phenomenal. Mm. She's mm. stunning. She's a mm. goddamn American hero. You know her. You love her. You know her from her work on The Circle. You know her from her work in Always Be My Maybe on Netflix. And you mm-hmm. know her most mm-hmm. importantly from her brand new Netflix special called Welcome to Butopia. She's hilarious. Ow. A dear Ow. friend. Give it up 
for Michelle Buteau, everybody. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know you were a light-skinned hipster Steve Harvey. But yep. here the fuck we is. You were just out here dipping and doing it. First watch of all, watch me that... bug out my eyes just like him. I can do it. <laughs> I love it when they call him Mr. Potato Head and he's just like, he's always surprised. I'm like, Steve, get it together. But yeah. I just I miss you so much. I really miss just calling you the low budget tone bell and miss messing <laughs> with you. You forgot to mention in those credits that we did a pilot for Seth Rogen called Singularity That's in 2016. Right. I'm still waiting to hear if it gets picked up. 2016. <laughs> I called. What's going on? We need the money. Listen, I don't bring that pilot up often, but it was a great time. We had a great time. And uh, <laughs> then we got our feelings hurt afterwards when FX was like, hey, we don't like it. We don't care for this at all. Isn't that crazy? And I'm like, we are so funny and cute. What's wrong with you, FX? Get What's it wrong together. With you, FX? Get it together. I'm drinking wine, French wine. And I remember being in Vancouver with you and Damon Waynes Jr. And we were having a burger at the restaurant downstairs in the hotel. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we got to get this wine. You guys are like, we can get water. I was like, no, <laughs> we just went to pilot. We got to get this wine. I was like, I'll pay for it. And the wine was like $100. I'm like, why did I pay for this? <laughs> but <laughs> it was beautiful. He put it in like a, yeah. what are those things called? It was like a snake funnel that like, uh, yeah, it was meant to let it breathe as it went down. Yes. It was I was beautiful. like, I'm breathing. It was a gorgeous moment of like, I felt like that Miley Cyrus song where I'm just like, get to the airport. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you didn't get any of the like, lyrics nobody. right. But I love that I knew exactly what song you were talking about. You missed every single lyric, but I was like, yep, every I know the lyric. one. <laughs> look, look, that's how new money be. We don't know how to act. Don't know lyrics. No, I, I feel like that entire, we were there for what, a month, maybe a month and a half in, in Vancouver. Something. And you spent the entire time Time doing the most extravagant sort of like you had a, a seafood platter almost every day and you oh, drank a new no, wine. No, not platter. Tower. It's a tower, seafood tower. Me. You're and right. it's exactly what y'all think it is. It's just <laughs> towers of seafood. And I felt like a fat king in the Game of Thrones ready to marry his sister and get gout. I was like, what is she True. doing? Look at all this mercury I'm just taking in. Maybe it that's was, why we didn't It get was inspiring. Up. And I've learned to live better because of that experience. You better live better because we are <laughs> too cute not to. <laughs> okay, we don't have any more time to talk seafood towers and all that nonsense. We need to get into this conspiracy theory because you sent me one that actually has come up a few times from our, our fans. Our fans have requested it a few times and they're finally going to get it. But you said, my mama told me. Black people scatter when they laugh because it's what slaves would do to avoid causing commotion. Look, I feel this deeply um, in mm. so many ways. My dad is from Haiti, and Haiti was the first island to get its independence in the 1800s, mm -hmm. or maybe earlier than that. Don't quote me because I'm bad at math. <laughs> and also drinking wine. But um, yeah, and so I know Creole with a K came about because when the slaves were taken from Africa, they weren't allowed to speak their native tongue. Mm. And so even though they were out in the fields, they had to make it sound like it was French which is how they were able to mix it to make it sound like they were still speaking French from afar, but oh. still adding their African influence. And so, you know, 
a lot of my aunts and and um, grand aunts would always cover their mouths when they laughed because women weren't supposed to show emotion. And I feel like just secrets in general are just is such a Caribbean Southern slavery. I don't know how to read. I don't know how to write. What you mean? So yeah. I feel like if you show emotion, you're definitely gonna run away and laugh in a corner like you're something out of Blair Witch Project. So right. this conspiracy spoke to me deeply, especially <laughs> as a big titty freckle face truth teller where I'm just like, sure. nobody wants to see your dick on stage. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if my ancestors' wildest dreams or biggest nightmares, but here the fuck we is. And so, I got you. So you are, in, in your words, you are opposing everything that they stood for in a beautiful way, not in a, in in a, in a traumatic way, but in a really nice way where everybody else had to cover their faces and run away to hide their laughs. They're like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm going to talk about my titties yes. and, and yell and say nice things on stage. Yes. Yes. And also Beautiful. tell men what to do and not do because for so long, particularly black women, were not allowed to tell, especially men, what to do. You know, it's always like that. protect your men, protect your men. But like no one ever talks about us. So with yeah, your, with your I was aunts, like, was yes. were were they communicating that to you that this was a a sort of re- reaction to what was happening or is that something you just saw and picked up on and and made note of a little bit of both like i it took me a good ass minute for me to realize they weren't joking they were tell, trying to tell the truth three wines in mm. with a smile you know oh. i'm like is it is it, are, are they making fun of this or is it really, like it was confusing and I realized being like passive aggressive through humor and just like I, I ain't want to gossip but <laughs> you know like yeah. that's them trying to say it without them really taking responsibility because that would be too much and so yeah it's just one of those I feel like complicated things, you know, it's it's, layered. It's almost uh, beautiful in them being able to articulate that, right? But then it's also real sad that that's what they're articulating. Like, yeah, you know, historically we weren't allowed to express joy. So this is a a habit we picked up as a way of handling that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like all of my American Black friends and Caribbean friends all struggle with their parents who have secrets, whether it's a surprise half sister or brother or a mm. whole ass family or, you know, I didn't know you did this or don't tell your father or whatever it sure. is. I feel like all of us struggle with that and like have that story and can connect with that. So that's why I'm just like, maybe slaves did like have a yo mama joke and just scatter <laughs> because we weren't allowed to you know, express joy. I, I'll say this as my, my mother's been married four times and I could have used a few secrets. You know what I mean? Like she could have <laughs> kept a few secrets from me. I didn't need to know about all these other motherfuckers. Like, go ahead, just go out for the night and come back with a, a thing you can't tell me. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you have a trusting face, so that's your fault. <laughs> She's like, I got to talk to somebody. This guy seems like he won't snitch on me. Yeah, you know when your kid is a good egg or not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because I, I think part of what you're describing with your aunts is really interesting in comparison to to the scattering theory, right? In that mm-hmm. the scattering to me has always been sort of like synonymous with joy. Like it seems joyous. 
And so I'm wondering mm-hmm. how much you see that that contrast of what you're describing of your aunt sort of having to muffle their joy versus this other thing of like running full speed just feels like a motherfucker that's happy as shit. Oh, just like Usain Bolt heard a joke before he just went yeah. off. Like, look, <laughs> I think I, I think it could be a little bit of both. You know, it's just like, oh, I'm not allowed to hear that. Oh, I got to go over to this part of the field. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> And so I think it could be a little bit of both, but because mm. you can't be two things at the same time. Because I'm a bitch, but I'm also a good person. <laughs> and that's true. That's 100% true. <laughs> Top to bottom. No disagreement on this side of the table. <laughs> I hate you so much. But I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, it's like, I, nothing makes you feel better as a comedian mm-hmm. when you, whether you're on stage or not, tell something funny or just real and somebody just like has to run off and has like a bodily reaction you know what i mean so that's the realest i used to watch i'm sure you did too i used to watch a shit ton of def jam and the best fucking episodes and the best moments of all those episodes were when people were standing up and running through the aisles and like fully making this church yeah it was like a church Yes. A holy experience for them watching these shows. And it's like, you can't beat that. That's un- unbeatable as a comedian. Oh, that is just something you always strive to. It's just like, I have been told since I was like five years old, since I can remember, I should always be bikini body ready. <laughs> Fuck that bikini. <laughs> Fuck your bikini. I don't want to be bikini body ready. I want to be so funny that a motherfucker's got to get up out of his seat and just mm-hmm. like wave a flag like he's at Caribbean <laughs> Day Carnival. You know what I mean? Just In the take beginning a of break. September. I need a break from whatever this is just because it's too good. Yes. Like, you know, I want to say something so fucking powerful that somebody can't control their body. Mm-hmm. That's where it's fucking at. I like that. Oh, man. Here's the. The one challenge that I've had with this conspiracy theory for a while, it's one that I I sort of struggle with on a personal level, is I don't love the idea that we as Black people of today are still trapped in the rules of like what slavery was. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something that bumps me a little bit of just being like, God damn, we still doing slave shit in 2021? You know what I mean? I get that, but generational shit is fucking real. Mm-hmm. And when people throw around the word toxicity and PTSD and all these other fucking words that we're using now as hashtags, that's, you can't, that is, that is like woven in our fiber and we don't even fucking know it. Right. You know, like so many of my black friends and Spanish friends will be like, I can't afford to buy property, even mm-hmm. though they're making money. Because they just have never seen anyone in their family actually own something. It's always a rent check. It's always the first or 15th of the month. And it's just like, oh, we can actually, you know, and I've just, I've just come up with it this week. We can redefine our history by defining our happiness. And so we have to individually do that and pick our fucking lane, but also appreciate the lanes that have been like carved out for us. Because it does make us who we are, but it doesn't define who we're always going to motherfucking be. Mm. So, yeah, I say learn from the past, but move the fuck on. Like, look, as a woman of any race, if you go out and have like a vacation by yourself, you're not going to go out and be like, I can't drink because 
you know, I saw Silence of the Lambs and that shit might happen. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you can't just <laughs> go out and be like, no, no, no. History has taught me. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah. you can still go out and, and be free and be you and be smart about it and understand what could happen, but be smart about who you talk to. So I feel like if we ain't learning from the past, then what the fuck is the point? So... Yeah, I also so like... So by that argument, then, it shouldn't be me looking at this resentful, like, God damn, we're still doing slavery shit. It should instead me be, be me embracing it and being like, no, nah, that's... Look, we got a beautiful lesson out of slavery that we should just celebrate. Yes. Instead of, you know, no resentment, just love. Yeah, because, man, you do comedy, and if you can make people scatter and laugh, then you are your ancestors' wildest dreams. Sure. I like that. And I don't even have to think about the fact that they run in like slaves. I just got to be like, nah, it's beautiful. Look at them little slaves run. Go ahead, y'all. I can't. Yourself. Somewhere Lupita's <laughs> just like, fuck this show. Fuck this show. I was I, I was reading something in relation to this that was talking. It was somebody analyzing like you know, the slave stories and how they're so tired of uh, watching films now that continue to sort of retell slave stories and retell our trauma. And they were saying that Lupita has admitted that she still feels trauma from having played the part of in 12 years, the slave, a slave. And it's like, God damn it, that shit's still making you feel traumatic. You were just pretending. I can't fucking imagine the trauma that was cooked into our bones to your point that has become permanent in the way that like generations behave afterwards. Yeah, it's like it's really one of those things where it's like movies is almost all we have because no one's rewriting history books. Mm -hmm. No one's trying to update the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> Like what's done is done. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we update our phones more than we care about updating history books. Mm -hmm. And shit has happened. Yeah. And you want to put OJ Simpson in the book? So much other shit has happened. So right. like, I feel like these movies are here for a purpose, but I totally understand. Uh, they call it um, pain porn is what Hollywood mm -hmm. calls it. Underground or mm -hmm. a sad com. Yeah. You know, so... I understand that people are sick of it, but it's just like, if you don't know, then you need to watch and fucking learn and figure it out. But, ah, oh, Lupita just wanted to borrow motherfucking soap. And that's the hard part. <laughs> that's the hard part with all of this is like, with the pain porn, it is retelling stories that we need to hear or at least need to be aware of. But then at the same time, if you don't want to make pain porn, how the fuck do you make slavery funny? Do you know what I mean? Like when did when like there's no stories of like hilarious slaves. That's not a, a thing that pops up. When I was doing research, I was like, who was the funniest slave? And literally no one's name came up. I know. Wouldn't it be great if Harriet Tubman also did stand up? Oh, uh, if she was just doing bits while they were walking and hiding under Man, stuff. <laughs> I would love. Like, look, Harriet Tubman and Josephine Baker are two women I would love to talk to. I mean, besides other women, but, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like when <laughs> love drives you to make history, it's just like, oh, girl, talk to me about it. You know what I mean? She went mm -hmm. down to the South again to get her man and he done moved on. It's just like this bitch waited a whole 12 years. Anyways. <laughs> I love that. I, I I do love the idea that Harriet Tubman is like hiding under a bed with somebody and then the, the master walks past. He's like, look at this nigga's shoes. This shit ain't. Look at, look at his trash ass slave owner shoes. 
Terrible. <laughs> just roasting. Okay. Let me ask you this. With with the the idea that that you are embracing this scattering, right? If if mm-hmm. we're embracing the scattering, do you feel like we're still living with the trauma of our relationship with white people when we scatter? That we are doing it in fact for the protection or comfort of white people, or is that just our way of expressing ourselves at this point? I want to say it's our way of expressing ourselves because it's still gregarious and boastful, mm-hmm. but not fearful. Like we're not in hiding in fear, mm. you know? We're just like doing the most, which I, like that. I, I appreciate. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, it feels like like busting out the electric slide in the middle of brunch <laughs> for no fucking reason. Just because sure. I feel the moment, you know? Right. So, look, I could be all wrong because, like, honestly, Muddy Waters, I had no fucking idea that his mom was pregnant and didn't know it. <laughs> that is the ultimate reenactment because these bitches on I was pregnant and didn't even know it. They just, like, took a big-ass shit after a burrito and found a baby. I said, what? And then those poor babies that I got to see the reenactment of their mama taking a poo-poo and then pulling up a crying bed. That is wild. <laughs> Let me be clear. Like, I made that completely up. So I don't want you to walk away from this thinking that Muddy Waters' mother did, in fact, just you? shit out a who baby. I just say stuff. I just I make up. I sit here. I write up nonsense about historical figures and or famous people. And then I say it on the Internet and hope that oh, I get man. canceled you gotta, sooner than I expected. No, you got to get back out and do stand-up. This is not right. This yeah. is not right. No, it's a real sick relationship. <laughs> it's either this or I, I have to talk to my wife and she don't want to hear none of this. So, you know, this I is hear where that. we at. I hear that. <laughs> I'm glad you have an extra bedroom. We have an extra bedroom. Uh, it gets used more than I would care for, but uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> we're surviving this quarantine. You know what I mean? Gotta do what you got to do, man. You guys to do what you guys to do. We're going to take one break and then we're going to be back with more Michelle Buto and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve. 
with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And we are back. Yes, Pula. Spreaky, jiggy, jiggy, jiggy. Honey, we don't say the N-word around two-year-olds. <laughs> All right, then we're back. <laughs> we're back. It's the only button that works, so that's what we're using. We're back. We're still talking to Michelle Buto. We're still talking about the possibility that Black people scatter when they laugh as a an homage as a historical sort of generational homage to the slaves before. And we're, we're about to get into some of this research. I have an exciting collection of arguments, mm-hmm. thoughts, things that I've gathered that I'd love to run past you, if that's okay. Dope. All right. So again, I tried to Google who was the funniest slave. And the main thing that actually came up in relation to funny slaves was Frederick Douglass. Apparently, uh, pound for pound, that nigga was pretty okay. funny back in the day. Like th- that, his writing was considered okay. to be humorous. Douglas with and, two S's. Uh, Tell me about it. Now. I, yeah. <laughs> and I think his third wife was white. He probably had jokes. Oh yeah, he he made it all the way to a white woman. He literally <laughs> lived a whole life. Uh, <laughs> but so old Freddie, he wrote a lot of sort of fancy essays and, and and narratives about his experience as a slave and then obviously later as a freed man. And a lot of what I've read wasn't so much funny, but it was sort of like a lot of like ironic sort of twists, right? So it's a lot of fancy words that go on to say, man, my master sure did pray a lot before he beat the shit out of me. Okay. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. He was that. blogging before it was a thing. Exactly. It was a, like a, a good blog. There's not a lot of talk of of laughter in relation to slaves, in part because historically they don't want us to know that slaves were necessarily having that kind of fun and or they weren't having fun at all. We're not 100 percent sure. Oh, I think I'm 100 percent (laughs) sure. I don't know. But go on. I like to think they had at least one funny day. Just one hilarious. Yeah, I get you, though. Here's something that did come up, though, in relation to slaves and laughter. Have you heard of laughing barrels? No. Okay, so apparently, I'm so glad you haven't heard of them. Apparently, laughing barrels. (laughs) It's not as bad as you think they are, although it's pretty fucked up. It's not good. I'm not even going to pretend it's good. But apparently, laughing barrels were uh, basically barrels that slaves, when they thought something was funny, would hide their heads in in order to keep from master hearing 
their laughs, hear, keep them from yelling out. So they would poke their head in a barrel and laugh inside of there instead of laughing out in the world where master could hear them. You seem horrified. None of this seems I to mean, be that's sitting still well sad. At least spirit. you're not like, I mean, it was that or like they would have to like be in a, like get thrown in a barrel and like thrown over a um, waterfall. Yeah, I don't like, think they were laughing from? in that one. <laughs> <laughs> but we are so sure I don't, those weren't we're the fucked. funny barrels but apparently there were whole barrels that just used to be sitting around where the slaves would uh would use as basically a hiding place wait for is that laughs. the um is that where the phrase a barrel laughs came from uh, there are arguments that that is in fact where the phrase comes from is that slaves invented these barrels of laughs now other etymologists these other uh white People that run dictionary.com claim that a barrel of laughs was not, in fact, invented through slavery, but was just a barrels were at the time a giant measurement of of stuff. And so they're oh, saying they're racist. Yeah, they exactly. don't want to fucking add to history. Yeah, all they're right, like, we ain't on. trying to deal with all that slave shit. It's just yeah, a lot of laughs. Fucking <laughs> soppy ass etymomies or whatever the fuck you said. <laughs> <laughs> the Edamames just don't want to talk about slavery. So here Look, we are. I'm a good person. That's all that matters, okay? <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I discovered, though, in relation to this barrel of laughs, and I'm, I'm loving that you brought this up in terms of them not dealing with history, because I think it's a really important layer here, right, is that so much of our understanding of slavery was propaganda, it was shaped mm. by the way that white people mm -hmm. wanted us to understand slavery. It still is. Talk that talk. Tell me more. Hell yeah. It still is. I mean, there's a reason why in 2020, through a quarantine, through the video of George Floyd, and today is March 29th, sorry, spoiler alert, is the um the trial <laughs> of Derek, whatever the fuck his name is, the piece of shit that kneeled on his yeah. neck. For the only reason why Black Lives Matter movement doubled or tripled in size is because white folks got on board and finally fucking said, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. People don't even understand the word systemic or what the fuck that means. People don't even understand history. I mean, I'm German. That's why I have a bubble butt. Whatever the fuck people are saying, <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> We're when when I say we are stronger together, that is fucking everybody mm -hmm. because everybody needs a Brad Pitt in 12 years of slave. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Everybody needs a person to be like, I believe you. I understand. Let me help you. Because at this point, you know, we can't rewrite what the fuck happened, but we can try and deal with it. Yes. And I think the exhausting part, especially for us, like the fourth or third or fifth, whatever the fuck generation you are is um trying to explain to people that it's even real to begin with. Right. And I feel like this whole Asian hate situation has always motherfucking been there. Mm -hmm. It's always motherfucking been there, but it's just like, you know, which group of, like, culturally, who's going to be the loudest? Mm -hmm. And so it's real motherfucking crazy. And if you can still you know, go to a good school and live in a good neighborhood, then I guess you don't have to be the loudest because you still have opportunities. And it's just, 
I can go on and on and on. Now yeah. I feel like I'm going down a fucking. No, I, I mean, I think you're you're making a really important point, and and uh, there's something even more important underneath that of like, absolutely, you are right. We we need advocates. We need people who are going to be allies and support us yes. and want to truly hear us and believe us. But it's even sadder that we've reached a point that without an advocate, we can't even communicate a real truth that's out in the world, much in the way that you're talking about that, like George yes. Floyd getting his neck stepped on shouldn't be a debate. We all saw the fucking video. But Lord if there aren't mercy. white allies that then step in and go like, yo, I think that's not good then it just, it goes away. Nobody gives yeah, a fuck. Yeah, it's all for naught. Yeah, it's all for naught. And it's, and it's almost like, so you don't want to see movies about slavery. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to watch the video that's fucking real. And you don't want to hear about this other cop that shot this other black person. Mm -hmm. So what the fuck you want? You just want to act like it doesn't happen? Yeah. That's not real? Mm -hmm. You don't want to go to a BLM uh, protest, but you definitely want the first row at a Kendrick Lamar concert. Yeah. <laughs> then, I, you know, then, you know, like, I, like, I can't fuck with you. Well, that, I just and can't. So I think that that reckoning, that sort of experience that so many people are having is such an important one. Like I, I was watching this YouTube video the other day of this white woman who basically, and it felt a little bit like a performance, but she started crying on her video where she was talking about the experience of pregnant women as slaves. That like slaves essentially, much like cattle, much like we do with cows today, they would get slaves pregnant and then force them to nurse the master's kids and keep yeah, her pregnant nurse. and wet nurse mm -hmm. the entire time in order to make mm -hmm. sure that she kept keeping the master's kids yeah. fed. Yeah, she didn't have to be pregnant to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you can keep nursing until you stop mm -hmm. nursing. Mm -hmm. Either mm -hmm. way, you're basically making some, you're taking a kid away from a lady and then forcing her to basically give that milk to a different kid that doesn't belong mm -hmm. to her mm -hmm. for your own gross satisfaction. And the woman was crying and it got all these retweets and everybody was so proud of her for all the beautiful work that she's spoken in, in representation of the black community. And a part of me was like, I guess, but like, ugh, I don't need her. You know what I mean? I wish I didn't need her. I wish that kind of advocacy right. wasn't something that needed to exist. I wish we could just be honest about what these stories are and then move the fuck on. Yeah, that's a very um, pragmatic, linear way of thinking. And um that's just not how it's going to go. Yeah. If you're a lawmaker, great. Thank you so much. <laughs> but that's why men love to make laws about women's bodies. Sure. That's just not how it fucking goes. Yeah. And it's a very complicated relationship. I mean, I had a surrogate to bring my twins to life. And essentially, it's like almost the same idea, but not mm -hmm. using someone else as a vessel. So how many of those stories were really just women who need to feed their child or women that were forced into it. A lot of women were forced into it. But a lot of them were probably like, I'd rather feed this child than work in a fucking um, sure. uh, field. Because at least I'm doing something for the betterment, uh, you know. And also, to me, I, like, when I think of that, I just think of, like, Clarice, that movie with um, Doogie Howser and Whoopi Goldberg, where it's like... <laughs> She, she she was his um nanny. Y'all, I'm aging myself, but like look, 
She was his nanny and he was like 10 years old. He was a product of divorce and um, he he started speaking Jamaican Patois and stuff. And I was like, well, are we, you know, sort of bringing everybody closer together by mm-hmm. forcing them to be with each other? Or is this just a whole other thing? Yeah, it's That's tough. complicated. It's tough because if you don't uh, keep interacting with that community after a while you go man fuck them people i don't know that lady no more i've moved on you know what i mean like you got to keep a jamaican person in your house forever and always to keep maintaining that intimacy that care for the group that you're representing yeah but sometimes you're just like i knew this jamaican lady when i was growing up and so therefore i will be empathetic to people from the islands or some shit right i'll be nice to the people from the islands but fuck nigerians i don't give a fuck about the it's just tough it's all pretty much (laughs) okay let's talk more about this propaganda because a former slave a black man who escaped to canada named john little actually wrote a little bit about this propaganda he said they say Slaves are happy because they laugh and are merry. I, myself, and three or four others have received 200 lashes in the day and had our feet in fetters. Yet at night, we would sing and dance and make others laugh and at the rattling of our chains. Happy men, we must have been. We did it to keep down trouble and to keep our hearts from being completely broken. That is as true as the gospel. Just look at it. Must not we have been merry? Yet I have done it myself. I have cut capers in chains. Um, and he, he says all that with the intention of basically making it clear like, yo, we found ways of laughing, but that wasn't the heart of what we were doing. We were just using laughter as survival. Mm-hmm. Don't so, we all? I think we all do. So where it gets interesting is that in slavery, during slavery, characters like the Mammy, the Coon, the Uncle Tom, the Pickaninny are all sort of created as propaganda machines by slave masters and by white institutions as a way of demonstrating that black people were basically just sort of like dumb and ignorant and, and happily at peace with their, their experience as slaves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, what a narrative. And also the narrative of colorism that still exists today that you are better if you have lighter skin than darker skin or whatever the fuck, Mm -hmm. you know, they were trying to say. It's like, that is still so woven into the fabric of not even America, but all over the fucking world, which is really fucked up. What a colonial fucking idea to say, you are better because you have this and you are less than because you have that. And people still believe it. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. And <laughs> I I truly, like, I, I refuse. I fucking refuse. And whether I'm getting it from that side or this side, I always say we are stronger together. We are fucking stronger together no matter what shape, size, or shade. You know, if you want to believe that, then you are believing in a patriarchal idea of bullshit. And I thought you were way, like, way more open-minded. I like that. I think, I think, that type of propaganda, to your point, is the the manipulation that we can, in fact, control and and can at least do better about controlling and identifying and making a choice in. And it's interesting in looking back at all this sort of history of like laughter, comedy relating to the way that we see each other, uh, specifically in terms of slavery, is that 
they they didn't have that much control in it, right? That they, right. they because they didn't control the propaganda machine, they were just yes. sort of like receiving whatever people decided was going to be told about them. So in Reconstruction, for example, after slavery, the narrative starts to shift. A bunch of the slave masters go, well, we're not in charge of them anymore, so we don't want them to look happy. We don't want to tell people that they're laughing and joyous because they're now we want to present them as like Sambos, as dumb idiots who can't exist without us. And then mm-hmm. once the Sambo shit didn't work, they go, all right, well, now we're going to tell everybody they're violent, that they walk around here with with razor blades in their pockets and they're cutting people and raping white women. It's just this weird game of manipulating the way that we see ourselves the way they see us and it ultimately isn't until now to your point that we actually have some control in the way that we get to see each other yeah the manipulation doesn't stop with any fucking group Mm -hmm. for a woman if something has happened to her well then what time was she out what was she wearing right that manipulation is how you always keep people down Mm-hmm. And that's why it's really up to us to say fucking no, because we are always bigger in numbers and in spirit than the one keeping us down. And it's very like, look, and it's always it always comes back to white men and then men, but particularly white men. <laughs> I like and the I first half, a- didn't love the second half, but I'm listening. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's true. And I am married to a white man. So this is like very confusing just kidding i love him he's a good egg he's a nice man oh he's such a sweetheart he's such a sweetheart and that's the thing like you don't know who you're gonna fall in love with history has told us we should be x y and z but then sometimes we have to put together our own a b and c's (laughs) (laughs) all right shame on you uh (laughs) the last thing i'll say on this and i think that this is an important sort of connection that takes us out of slavery this is i'm very happy to be leaving slavery behind but in the wake of slavery i think it wasn't until as i said it wasn't until later that we really got to to represent ourselves to the world and in doing that so much of black comedy became connected to physicality to the movement of the body right Chris Rock yeah. mm-hmm. pacing uh, that lady Coco, that comedian Coco who pulled like the fucking bottles out of her bra and like had the whole like, you know, whole yeah. kings Def and jam. queens of comedy, everybody. Yeah. I mean, we also come from a continent of dancing and expressing our body through happiness and sexuality. I mean. I would love to be an Alvin Ailey fucking bitch on stage, Mm -hmm. but my knees. (laughs) But there is still that physicality, whereas I think because white people got to lean on the written word in in some traditional Mm. sense, they celebrate Mm -hmm. comedy or they celebrate laughter in a much more like focused on speaking way, whereas we get to... Be Cat Williams on a fucking stool like a motorcycle and and let that. Yeah, I get that. I think it's also weather. Like, you know, if we have to talk about where, I hate to be like where white people are from, but I'm married to a European. I mean, Mm -hmm. and one of my best friends is Irish and she's first generation Irish and not even fully out as a gay person because she's in her 40s and her parents are so Catholic Irish. Even the Irish dancing is your hands to your side. You're just using your legs because 
the government didn't want to see you having um, joy or dancing through the windows when they were like coming around and checking people. Oh, so you just like had to move. Yes. You just had to move very stiffly and like just not keep your hands at your side and just look like you were like doing an activity at home even though you were <laughs> dancing. And so there's that. And so, of course, like black people are from a land of sunshine. So expressing yourself is completely different as in Arabic countries, as in wherever. Right. Yeah. You know, even Russia, it's like a lot of like knee work. Yeah, they get like, down. They, they get down. They got a real like, uh, Megan the Stallion uh, vibe going in, in <laughs> Russia. You know what I mean? Just everybody get the fish oil because your <laughs> knees ain't knocking. But like, yes, like. So I, you know, I think historically it's like also fascinating to get back to like why the dances or rituals are the way they are. Yeah, I mean, anyways, go on no, to your point. So the, the fun of on that, stage. yeah, the physicality even beyond the stage, and I think it's something that sort of lives in the way that we communicate comedy even now is that with black people, at least that I've I've noticed, when we make jokes, everyone can be a part of the joke. Right. That like it's a community activity. So when I'm roasting somebody, if somebody's roasting me, whatever it is, anybody can jump in. And part of what I believe that running to be part of what that movement is, is just tagging a fucking joke that already was funny. Right. That like if somebody says some wild shit about you and then another nigga runs past, damn, that joke just got funnier. And we ain't even have to use words to get it there. Word. I'm not mad at that. I mean, like, look, I'm here for that. A little callback. Hell little yeah. Cardio. If somebody says something funny and then a nigga Naruto runs in the middle of your 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 eye line, goddamn, you having a great day. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm not mad. If I tell a joke and somebody starts doing a slow mom twerk, I'm like, I've done my job. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody. <laughs> One of my favorite videos that I've ever witnessed, uh, witnessed that I've seen online is uh, these kids are fist fighting in a high school. They're like beating the shit out of each other in a high school. And then out of nowhere, this one black boy, he just starts breakdancing in the middle of the hallway. And he's like <laughs> breakdancing in the middle of the fight. And it's so fucking funny. And it's just a weird, just uh question mark slash exclamation point that gets added to <laughs> yes. this otherwise pretty jarring moment. That's dope. I wish that... um more people just had the need to dance in the middle of violence. <laughs> that is so Michael Jackson in a parking lot uh -huh. with a fake knife. <laughs> yes. In a motorcycle jacket. Why not? Michael was right. He never did anything wrong. We love you, Michael. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We're going to take another break. We'll be Woo! back with more oh, Michelle Buto and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And we are, we are playing. back. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Yeah, we're back here with Yo. more Michelle Buteau. Yo, more Yo. My mama you gotta me. get Chad Hanks on the show. <laughs> I'd love to have Chad Hanks. Unfortunately, he uh, he's white, and we ain't we haven't stepped into the white I space get that, yet. But, but someday, he can out black many motherfuckers, and that would be fucking fascinating. I, Listen, I'll say this. Everybody's been real mad at him because he said it's going to be a white boy summer. And I was like, I don't know, man. That's some funny <laughs> shit. And we just need the money to appreciate a silly Billy when he's being a silly Billy. You know what I mean? He is a silly Billy. Okay. I want to play a game with you. This is a fun game called Some Nigga on the Internet Was Saying Something. It's Kool-Aid. We put this on bitches like you. It's a fun game where Word. I am going to introduce to you a clip from one of our fans. Plenty of our fans send us wonderful clips and I would love for you to just react. Give me your full thoughts on everything that this person says. And I picked out somebody... I don't know any other way. I picked out somebody I know you're going to enjoy. So I'm very excited oh, for you, oh, you to meet him. fuck. Here we go. Oh, fuck. Okay. Hey, Langston and all your fans from the My Mama Told Me con community. We love conspiracy theories, right? So I got this cool one. My name is Kutzi and I'm um, all the way from Berlin, Germany. I'm a huge fan. I'm black, by the way. Originally from Africa, Namibia, the motherland. Yes. And I'm gay, of course. As you can hear in my voice, that's another conspiracy of its own about the gay voice, you know? Okay, fine. So what I want to talk about is... um. I believe that my mama told... Okay, my mama didn't tell me, but that's the gist of it all. Like, Tyra Banks as a secret undercover agent. She either works for the CIA, KGB, whatever, undercover, or MI6, whatever. Because you should watch all old episodes of America's Next Top Model. It's like... 
the challenges they do it's like models in real life don't do those challenges they don't need to walk <laughs> sideways from the top of a building take photo shoots underwater avoid um b- getting bulldozed on um with wrecking balls on <laughs> the runway like uh, Tara okay. did crazy okay. crazy challenges it Shona. was really crazy Shona. to watch as well as um her show the Tyra Banks show, another very weird time in television. I think circa 2004, 5, 6, when Tyra was at the peak of her show and everything. It's just crazy. So just check into that. I, and even the winner is the only just do it. No winner it. from America's Next Top Model that we know of today. See around is Ava Marcel, mm. the first winner ever. And America's Next Top Model has had, what, more than 20 <laughs> cycles? We never hear from the other girls. Is it because they're undercover agents too? Like they get recruited? Hmm. What? Very interesting. So yeah, <laughs> check into that. Love you guys. Love the podcast. <laughs> All right. There it is. That was Quincy. Wow. I think it's pronounced Quincy. I couldn't quite follow, but. It's probably Quincy. Okay. Is that real? Was that a real person? It's a real person who who really submitted. And and uh, my favorite part of it was, I have so many favorite parts, but I love him opening and being like, I, I'm black. Just so you know, I'm black. I know my voice sounds like I'm not black, but I'm from Berlin. And then he goes on to say, and I'm gay, which you can hear in my voice. <laughs> And he's like, which is a whole other thing. Oh, my God. So, is that real? It's real. What do you think of Quincy's uh, uh, theory that Tyra Banks is a secret CIA operative? Oof, I get it. Tell me more, please. I, I get it. Like, look, conspiracy theories aren't always the most popular take, especially at a dinner party. Mm. So you might ostracize yourself by even having an opinion or going against the grain or even saying... You know, this is, might be some mind control. Mm-hmm. But when somebody is so fucking popular mm. and they just know how to sort of, you know, connect and control all these pieces and people behind and in front of the screen, you're just like, okay, okay. What do you know that I don't know? Because uh-huh. this is a lot. So, you know, I don't know. Because you know what? Tyra says a lot about her. She shares a lot, but she doesn't like Oprah share. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even like Obama share. Mm. She's just like, I understand cankles. And then like just <laughs> makes women do wild shit. It's yeah. just like, do you? Because I don't know that much about you. I haven't seen you do it. Yeah. You're just making people do it. So like, look, uh, what is that guy? Uh, Tony. To- um, oh, my God. Tony, Tony, Tony. No, thank you so much. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. He, um, he is like a life coach. Oh, Tony, Tony Robbins. Robbins. Yeah. She's sort of like mm. the model Tony Robbins. Like, you don't know why you're showing up and paying thousands of dollars to subscribe. You're just like, my life will be better if I know what smile yeah, is. Yeah, I, there, he... There was a few moments where he started to sell me on his theory, largely in that that idea of of mind control and the idea of getting them to do physical activities that don't apply to the job that they're actually uh, signing up for. So it's mm-hmm. like they're learning to be models, but you have them scaling a building and it's like y'all could have did this in green screen. 
I know for sure these women ain't scaling buildings every week to get this perfect shot for, uh, you know, polo cologne or whatever the fuck And it I'm is. just like, what the fuck does a scavenger hunt in Japan got to do with? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm just right. like, why does she have to cut all her hair off? Yeah. You're, you're really making people make some weird choices that feel yes. like on the other yes. side, you have a different plan for them than we anticipated. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a conspiracy, but there is something very strange going on. I, I will say that I didn't love the uh, the addition of the Tyra Banks talk show and him being like, you can figure that out. You go do some work on that. <laughs> there was no suggestion of what might be the, the possible connection here. It was just like, he's like Look. it was weird. <laughs> figure it out. He's like, I gave you the one and two, <laughs> figure out the three. Yeah. And he was like, did he say Namibia? Is that what mm-hmm. he said? Uh, the okay. motherland. The motherland. It's like, isn't it the whole continent? But I don't know. Specifically said. <laughs> I don't know either. Do I look like a fucking like a big city Indiana Jones to you? I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Quincy. That was a beautiful submission. And I think you can yes. you can rest safely knowing that Michelle and I are are sort of on board with your theory that Tyra Banks is a CIA operative. But not on board with Namibia being the mother of the mother country. Yeah. It's not, we don't know for sure. We're, we are neither of us. Do I look like a light-skinned Laura Croft <laughs> to you? I don't know. Neither of us are big city Indiana Jones. So you got to figure that out on your own. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Please cut that out. Nope. That's staying in. Michelle, we did it. This was so much fun. Can you tell the people? where they can find you, what cool stuff you have going on, all of that stuff. Oh my God. I mean, find me if you want to. I'm hosting The Circle Season 2 yeah. on Netflix. Uh, you can look at my special, Welcome to Utopia. I tied with Jerry Seinfeld for a Critics' Choice Award, which is yeah, Nails yeah, yeah. and Pajamas. You can watch First Wives Club Season 2 coming out on BET and BET+. Plus. I think that's June 24th. And there's something else I don't remember. And that's okay because I pay my taxes on time and my kids are clothed and fed. <laughs> she pays her taxes. She's on TV and her kids eat sometimes. She's fantastic. Give it up one more time for Michelle Buteau. So great. So happy you were here. And as always, you can follow me at uh, Langston Kerman. And please, if you want to send us drops, you can send them to mymamapod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Okay, that's everything. Bye. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.